Welcome to the Christchurch London podcast. This is a talk from our central London service. To find out about upcoming talks at each of our services, or to listen to other talks, please visit ChristchurchLondon.org. Thanks, David. Hello, everybody. Oh, man. Okay. We're going to crack on. Hey, Zoom. What's up? Um, well, like David said, I'm Nicole Lewis. Uh, yeah, a proud citizen of London for four plus years. Very excited to be with you guys this morning. So uh, we have been doing a series here at Christ Church London called Kingdom Come. And this morning, I'm going to talk to us about one of the hallmarks of the kingdom of God, which is prayer. Um, when I was a uni student, I was involved in a student group. And one of the only talks I remember from uh, kind of like our weekly social was on prayer. And the reason I think it stood out into my mind is that the speaker, when he started talking, said, I want to talk about prayer. Um, The most powerful prayer I've ever heard came from Bart Simpson. And I thought that was a little unorthodox way to start a talk on prayer. But he said, there was this episode of The Simpsons where Homer said to Bart, hey, Bart, will you pray for the meal? And Bart's prayer was something like this. Dear God, I don't know why we have to thank you for this food. We're the ones who paid for it. Amen. Okay, and he said the thing that he loved about Bart's prayer was that he just told God exactly what he felt. He said that's what prayer is. It's communication with God, honest communication with God, our Father. Prayer is just talking to God. Um, And for some reason, and I know I'd, I'd been praying for a long time up to this point, but there was something about what he said that just clicked with me where all of a sudden prayer seemed less complicated, hard to understand, and I began to realize that prayer is just an open channel of communication with God our Father. And I'm blown away, you guys, and I don't know about you, but there, to me this is awesome. There is a God, the God of the universe, who was so great that he spoke galaxies into existence, and yet at the same time he wants to know you personally. He is awesome and great, but really wants to know who we are as people. And I just think that's absolutely incredible that we get a chance to go to the God of the universe into his presence and talk to him. Well, you probably won't be surprised by this, but the pandemic has brought on a worldwide surge in prayer. I was doing some research this week and there was one woman who was looking at Google Trends for 75 different countries. And she found that for every new 80,000 cases of COVID-19, Searches for prayer on Google doubled. Tear Fund here in the UK did some research back in April. They surveyed 2,000 people, and they found that 1 in 20 people in the UK um, started to pray during lockdown, despite never having prayed before. This is absolutely incredible. And I don't know about you, but I have prayed a lot during these past um, seven months. And sometimes... It's been easy, and sometimes it's actually been quite hard. Just this week, you know, this is what happens when they ask you to speak on prayer. Look, if David and Philippa, as nice as they are, come to you and say, hey, do you want to talk about, like, God's authority in your life or something really hard, just hard pass them. Because whatever they're going to ask you to do, you're going to have to experience. But um, so I'm speaking on prayer, of course. I get three messages this week from friends asking me to pray for them for different things going on in their life. One of my friends We've been praying for this thing for years, 
and it never changes in the way that we want it to. And I'm just like, God, I don't even know what to say to you anymore about this. Please. Um, it has been a long season of prayer, and I have worn a well, um, I have uh, actually had a well-worn path in this season into the presence of God. And this morning, we're going to look at a passage from Luke in which Jesus also encourages his disciples to have a well-worn path into the presence of God. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me really quickly to Luke 18. We're going to be reading from verses 1 through 8. It will also be on the screen. And it says this, Now he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and to not lose heart. Saying in a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man, which would be the worst Instagram bio of all time. I don't fear God nor men. Hey, check me out. Be my friend. No thanks. Um, there was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him saying, give me legal protection from my opponent. For a while, he was unwilling. But afterward, he said to himself, even though I do not fear God nor respect people, which he seems very proud of, Yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. And Jesus said to his disciples, hear what the unrighteous judge um, said. Now will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night? And will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? I love that one of Jesus' favorite ways to teach was through parables. It's through, through story. I think it really says something about the heart of God and who he is, that when he wanted to translate himself and his kingdom into language we can understand, he used story. Stories stick with us. We remember stories, and Jesus is using this story not just to communicate truth about who God is and about prayer, but to communicate truth that they can actually then live out in their lives. He's giving them a model to follow. Even his own life was that for them. One commentary I read on this said that this parable is really unique because it starts out with the aim. Jesus, we know from the beginning, was telling them this parable so that they would continue to pray and not lose heart. It's also a really interesting parable because it teaches by contrast. So the widow, her relationship to the judge, and the judge's relationship to her is the opposite of what the disciples, who are the primary audience, their relationship to God, who is their father, and his relationship to them. In this story, a helpless widow who lacked influence and who may have easily been neglected in that culture bravely pleads with this proud judge. Um, she really has no earthly reason to hope to be answered. And one commentary I looked at pointed out the fact that she is a stranger to him, and yet she keeps going to him. I think I probably would have given up if I'd been her. But then this judge, through really, I think, no altruistic motive of his own, decides, you know what, I'm going to give her legal protection, because otherwise she will wear me out. Um, and Jesus says to his disciples, look, this is what the unrighteous judge will do, then, how, then um, how much more capable is God of bringing about justice? If an unrighteous judge can do that, then surely God can do even more. So if prayer is creating for us this well-worn path into the presence of God, 
what can the story show us here today in the Peacock Theater or on Zoom, somewhere in the city of London or around the world, what can this show us about living out the kingdom of God in the here and now? What can we learn from the widow about who we are? What can we learn from the judge about who God is? And what can we learn from this story about prayer? The widow, like I said, is a stranger to the judge, but the disciples who were there, the primary audience, were to see themselves as the widow in the story, but they were not strangers to God. Just as you and I in this room today, whether you're a Christian or maybe you wouldn't consider yourself a Christian, you are not a stranger to God. He knows more about, he probably knows more about you than you wish he knew, to be honest, but you are not a stranger to him. And because we are not strangers, we are welcome in his presence, and we can be confident that he is loving toward us. Again, the widow would have little reason, have had little reason to hope that she would be heard. I mean, legally speaking, she should have been. That, that was her, her right, but they were often overlooked. Um, and even though she was a stranger, we, again, we are not. And we can have, know that we can have access into the presence of God. And we know that when we ask him for things, he will hear us. We can be confident that when we talk to him about our lives, <clears throat> excuse me, that he wants to hear from us. And again, even though she had little hope of being heard, of having her plea be granted, the judge was the only one who could give her what she was asking for. And in the same way, when we go back and forth into the presence of God, even though maybe sometimes we feel like it's in vain, God is the one, you guys, who can answer our prayer. God is the one who wants to, to answer the things that we ask for him, even when it can feel difficult and even when it can feel hard. She had a well-worn path into the, into the presence of this judge and God has absolutely no issue with you and I having a well-worn path into his presence. Well, what about the judge? What does the judge show us about God? I think one of the things Jesus is doing in this parable, and really, if you read the Gospels, is he's reshaping the narrative about who God is in relationship to them. He's reshaping the narrative to help them understand that God is their father. He's not just this, like, cosmic king who's, like, doing, like, cosmic cool king stuff out there in the universe. That's not all that he's interested in. He actually is their father, and he's really interested in their life. I think Jesus himself being there, Jesus is God with us. He's showing to the disciples by the mere fact that he has become a man, that God is not distant and removed, but personal and very present in their lives. The judge is moved to answer the widow because he doesn't want her bothering him, obviously. But God, you guys, is moved to answer when we pray because he loves us and because he's good and he is beautiful and he is just. That's why he answers our prayer. The judge points us to who God is by showing us the exact opposite of the character and the heart of God. We come into his presence and we don't bother him. He's not like... Oh, hey, guess what? You've been here 10 times this week, and you've said the same thing every time. Can we move on? Different conversation, please. He's not like that. He's, he's not flustered when we show up with thanks. He's not trying to get us to go away. You are always welcome in his presence. He actually delights in your company. 
And he delights for us to come into his presence so that we would also then delight in him. He wants us to come and just have a conversation. He's not worried about the words that we would say. He's not looking for this perfectly crafted speech that will really impress God. He just wants you in his presence. I was watching um, a talk this week, and there was this woman, Adriel Booker, and she said something that I thought, man, I really wish she was giving this talk, first of all. Um, but it, for me, feels like the perfect description of what God desires in prayer. And this is what she said. What would it look like if you had kids? And the only time that your kids came uh, to talk to you was when they were thankful or when they were grateful or when they wanted stuff. I mean, obviously, you'd probably be really happy if they came to you when they were thankful and grateful. But what if they never came to you when they were upset? What if they never came to you when they were mad at you? What if they were, never came to you when they were mad and didn't understand your motivation? You wouldn't want that. You would want all of them, their whole heart. You would want the chance to hash it out with them. How much more does God want our humanity, the unabridged version of ourselves? God wants relationship, but it's messy and it's hard, but it's worth it. Eight months before um, I moved to London, some of you guys know this, my dad passed away. Um, and it was, he had a heart attack, so it was unexpected. Um, and I remember for about eight months, one of the only things that I could pray was this, God, I just want you to give me my dad back. I just want you to give me my dad back. And it was a very humbling time for me. I think I felt embarrassed. I was like, can I come up with something better to say to God? Um, occasionally I could say other things, but most of the time that's just what I said to him. And I knew he wasn't going to answer. I mean, he can bring people back from the dead, but I was pretty convinced he wasn't going to do it here. Um, and even though I knew that wasn't true, I wanted to keep the conversation going with him. And I knew and sensed from the Lord that it was okay if the only thing I could say to him for eight months was, please bring my dad back. Because he cares for me. He doesn't want me to hide myself from him. He doesn't want you to hide yourself from him. He wants the unabridged version of yourself. Will you be willing to give it to him? What can we learn from this about prayer? What is this ultimately saying about prayer? Um, Rich Villados, who's the pastor of New Life Fellowship in Queens, uh, one of my new favorite people who I'm following on Instagram. I don't, has anyone started following like a thousand new people on Instagram in the last eight months, or is that just me? I'm like, ooh, who are they? Cool, following them. I want to be hip. That's the problem. I want to be like, I know what's going on. Anyway, so Rich Villados, he's this pastor um, in Queens, fantastic um, man of God. And he says this about prayer. Life with God is impossible without prayer. Prayer simply stated is the act of opening ourselves up to God's presence and love through verbal and nonverbal communication. Jesus wants to encourage his disciples, and I believe us here today, to continue to pray, to keep that conversation going with God. He wants us to have a well-worn path into the presence of God. 
He wants us to take courage in the fact that we don't pray again to a God who's so far removed from us, but who is intimately acquainted with us, who wants us to talk to him and to be confident knowing that we are heard when we pray. He wants us to bring that unabridged version of ourselves into his presence. And sometimes we may not know what to pray, and that's okay. Um, the Psalms, I have found, are actually really great at kind of giving words to things I don't really know how to say. Um, I started following another. This is everything I've been following. That's what this talk should be called. Everything Nicole is now following on Instagram. But there's a really great Instagram page called Black Liturgies, and they have some amazing written prayers. Um, they had one that on the pandemic that was really powerful. I mean, it's just, it's so, it's been so helpful to have these written prayers that give voice to things that I feel like are in my heart, but I don't really know how to say. Um, the Lord's Prayer, we're going to do that at the end, but another way to help, um, help you maybe figure out what you want to say, use the Lord's Prayer to do that. Um, you know, I think um, one of the things that Jesus in this is trying to, well, obviously one of the things he's teaching us, because that's what he said the point of this was, is he wants them to keep the conversation going, but Jesus, because he lived on this earth, he knows how we are made, and he knows that in prayer, sometimes we might actually lose heart. And why would we do that? I'm pretty sure if I went around and interviewed a number of you in this room, you could probably tell me why we might lose heart when we pray. Um, I know, you know, sometimes we pray for things for a long time and it feels like God hasn't heard us or maybe he just hasn't answered yet or he hasn't answered in the way that we want. And we know that God isn't like the slot machine we go in and it's like, you know, my wish is your command kind of thing. But we just wonder, why haven't you answered this or why haven't you showed up and done what I would like you to do in this way? And I think that can cause us to start to lose heart. That's one of the ways we can start losing heart. And what Jesus is trying to do in this story is to tell his disciples there is hope. And not only is there hope, but your prayer is not in vain. Be like that widow. Have a well-worn path into my presence. You are more than welcome here. Um, I, uh, to be honest... For about two days after Joe said, hey, would you want to preach? I was like, yeah, that's really cool. And then as the thought of talking on prayer began to sink in, I thought, oh, this was the worst idea I ever had. Um, and, and part of that, you guys, to be honest, is that when Joe asked me, I just have felt so weary in prayer. And I thought, I don't want to get up on that stage and sound like a hypocrite, like, you guys go out and pray. Yeah, it's great. I'm really worn out. Um, because that's how I felt. I don't know about you, but obviously I've been praying for the pandemic, what's going on in the entire world. That has felt heavy. Last May, um, when George Floyd was killed, and once again we're back at this conversation about racism, and I'm crying out to the Lord, how long? How long until justice? And I felt weary from praying. I've had friends who've lost loved ones. My grandmother died in May. In September, you guys might have seen this, but in Oregon, which is where I come from on the West Coast, there were terrible fires across the state. And the town I grew up in, 98% of the people, including my mom, were evacuated. For 12 days, I woke up every morning trying to figure out if my house was going to be standing or not. 
And I just was like, I'm, I'm done, Lord. I can't, I can't do this anymore. And thankfully, our house is still standing, but 109 other people's houses are not. I've been weary, you guys. I've wanted to lose heart. I know why Jesus told this parable. Because in the world we live in, it can be so easy to do. And yet, there's hope. There's hope because here's what we see in this beautiful picture of this widow. That though I may not know how God is going to answer my prayer, though I may not know when he will answer it, though I may become weary in asking him for it, I am absolutely confident of this, that there is no other place in heaven or on earth where my words and the prayer of my heart are better placed than in the presence of my loving heavenly father who holds the whole universe in his hands, your life and mine. And that is a great place to go with the things that are going on in our lives. Um, maybe I'll have the band come back up. I want us to just pray to end our time using the words of the Lord's Prayer, a little different than the song this morning. Um, like I said, sometimes it can be hard to know what, what uh, to pray, but sometimes having a way to pray can be helpful. Here's the great trick in the Lord's Prayer. It's just over 20 seconds long. So for those of you like me who've been trying to figure out what jam goes with hand washing at the same time, the Lord's Prayer. Okay, it's just about 22 seconds, so this is not only helpful to know how to pray, it also is effective for washing your hands to stay away from having the Rona. Um, but before we pray that, maybe I can just have you guys stand, and I'm just going to, should be looking at the time, maybe about 30 seconds, minute-ish. Um, I just want you to pray. Uh, maybe for some of you, this might be the first time. And again, it's okay if you've never prayed before. Just and tell God what you want to tell him. He likes you a lot, actually. So um, he's not really bothered about what you say. Um, maybe you, you want to thank him. Maybe you want to praise him. Maybe there's something you need to ask him. Maybe there's an unabridged part of yourself you need to share with him. I don't know what he has. But let's just take a minute to pray. And then we're going to... Um, the words of the Lord's Prayer. Oh, they're already up there. We're just going to say them together. Thanks. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best. As above, so below. Keep us alive with three square mills and keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You are ablaze in beauty. Yes. Yes, yes, and amen. Thanks, you guys.